twelve, ailed them on the way, and for three days they had nothing to drink. Altogether, Fernandez's report discouraged any further attempts to explore by land, where all the country as far as could be reached seemed to yield nothing but desert with a few slender oases. It was not indeed till the European explorers reached the Congo on their coasting voyages to the south that they found a natural and inviting pathway into the heart of Africa, the desert of the north and west. The fever-haunted swamps and jungle of the Guinea coast only left narrow inlets of more healthy and passable country, and these the Portuguese did their best to close by occasional acts of savage cruelty and impudent fraud in their dealings with the natives. Another expedition, and that an unlucky one, under Gonzalo Pacheco, a gentleman of Lisbon, followed this last of Andam Gonçalves. Pacheco got leave to make the voyage, equipped a caravel that he had built for himself and got to others to share the risk and profits with him, and so, says Azurara, hoisting the banners of the Order of Christ, they made their way to Cape Blanco, here they found, one league from the Cape, a village, and by the shore a writing, that Andam Gonçalves had set up, in which he counseled all who passed that way not to trouble to go up and sack the village, as it was quite empty of people, so they hung about the bank of Orgeen, making raids in various places, and capturing some 120 natives, all of which is not of much interest to anyone, though as Pacheco and his men had to pay themselves for their trouble, and make a profit on the voyage, these manhunts were the chief thing they thought about and the main thing in their stories when they got home, men like Pacheco and his friends were not explorers at all, they stopped far short of the mark that Dionysius Dias had made for the European furthest, and their only discovery was of a new cape 100 miles and more beyond the bank of Orgeen, sailing south, because the natives fled at their approach and left the coast land all bare, they came to a headland which they called Cape Street and, by which an arm of the sea ran for leagues up the country, where they hunted for more prisoners, still in search of slaves and gold they sailed on 250 miles 80 leagues to Negroland, where Dios had been before, and where they saw land, to the north of the great western cape, all green, peopled with men and cattle, but when they tried to near the shore and land a storm drove them back, for three days they struggled against it, but at last they found themselves near Cape Blanco, more than 300 miles to the north, where they gave up all thought of trying to push into the unknown south, and turned cheerfully to their easier work of slave hunting, in one of these raids, a party of seven, in a boat away from all the rest, was overpowered and killed like disinterest men by a large body of natives, whose souls may God in his mercy receive in the habitation of the saints. The Moors carried off the boat and broke it up for the sake of its nails, and Azurara was told by some that the bodies of the dead were eaten by their brutal conquerors. He is certain at least, he adds, that their custom is to eat the livers of their victims and to drink their blood, when they are avenging the death of parents or brothers or children as they do it to have full vengeance on such as have so greatly injured them. Chapter XII, The Armada of 1445, while Gonzalo Pacheco had been wasting time and men and the good name of Europe and Christendom in his plunderings between Cibajater and Blanco, the memory of the death of Gonzalo de Sintra was kept alive in Lagos, and the men of the town came in solemn deputation to the prince, before the summer of the same year 1445 was out, to beg him for permission to take full perfect, and sufficient vengeance, in other words, they offered to equip the largest fleet that had ever sailed on an ocean voyage as it now began to be called, a guinea voyage since the prince began his work, as far as we know, 
This was also one of the greatest armadas that had been sent out into the new discovered or rediscovered or undiscovered seas and lands since the European nations had begun to look at all beyond their own narrow limits. Neither the fleet of 1441, which found the Canaries, and of which Boccaccio tells us, nor the Genoese expedition of 1291, nor the Catalan venture of 1446, nor de Betancourt's armament of 1402, for the conquest of the Fortunate Isles, was anything like this armada of 1445, for this last was a real sign of national interest in a work which was not only discovery, but profit and a means to more, it proved that in Portugal, in however base and narrowly selfish a way, there was now a spirit of general enterprising activity, until this had been once awakened, there was not much hope of great results from the efforts of individuals. The first contingent now equipped in Lagos for the prince at once approved of his men's idea numbered 14 caravels 14 of the best sailing ships afloat, as Cadamosto said a little later, but this was only the central fleet. Under Lankarod as admiral, three more ships came from Madeira, one of them under Tristan Vez, the Coronizer of Funchal, Dionys Dias headed another contingent from Lisbon, Zarco the chief partner in the discovery and settlement of Madeira, sent his own caravel in command of his nephew, in all there were seven and twenty ships caravels, galleys, and pinnaces, since the Carthaginians sent out their colonists under Hanno beyond the pillars of Hercules, a larger and braver fleet had not sailed down that desolate west of Africa, Gileans, who had rounded Bajadar, was there, with the Dias, who had passed the green headland and come first to the land of the Negroes, and the list of captains was made up of the most daring and seasoned of Spanish seamen. Scarcely a man who had ventured on the ocean voyages of the last thirty years was still alive and able-bodied who did not sail on the 10th August, 1445. At the start Cape Blanca was appointed as the rendezvous, with favoring wind and tide the ships raced out as far as Arguin. Lawrence, the younger brother of the Diaz family, drew ahead, and was the first to fall in with Pacheco's three caravels which were slowly crawling home after their losses. Now, hearing of the great fleet that was coming after to take vengeance, they turned about to await for them, as it was worthwhile to have revenge though one had to live on short rations. So, now, thirty European ships and their crews were included in the fleet, the pioneer, Lawrence Dias, and the rest, lay to at the Isle of Herons in the bank of Orgine, while waiting there they saw some wonderful things in birds and Azurara tells us what they told him, though rather doubtfully, the great peaks of the marabou, or prophet bird, struck them most, a cubit long and more, three fingers breadth across, and the bill smooth and polished, like a bush of scabbard, and looking as if artificially worked with fire and tools, the mouth and gullet so big that the leg of a man of the ordinary size would go into it, on these birds particularly, says Azurara, our men refreshed themselves during their three days stay, Slowly but surely, two by two, three by three, nine caravels mustered at Sea Blanco, and as the flagship of Lancarot was among them, an attack was made at once with 278 men picked from among the crews, the footmen and lancers in one boat and the archers in another, with Lancarot himself and the men at arms behind, they were steered by pilots who had been on the coast before and knew it, and it was hoped they would come upon the natives of Tiger Island with the first light of dawn but the way was longer than the pilots reckoned, the night was pitchy dark, without moon or stars, the tide was on the ebb, and at last the boats were aground, it was well on in the morning before they got off on the flood and rowed along the coast to find a landing place, the shore was manned with natives, not at all taken by surprise, 
but dancing, yelling, spitting, and throwing missiles in insolent defiance. After a desperate struggle on the beach, they were put to flight with trifling loss eight killed, four taken. But when the raiders reached the village, they found it empty, the women and children had been sent away, and all their wretched little property had gone with them. The same was found true of all the villages on that coast, but in a second battle on the next day, 57 Moors were captured, and the army went back on shipboard once more, and now the fleet divided. Lankarot, holding a council of his captains, declared the purpose of the voyage was accomplished. They had punished the natives and taken vengeance for Gonzalo de Sintra and the other martyrs, now it was for each crew and captain to settle whether they would go farther. All the prisoners having now been divided like prize money between the ships, there was nothing more to stay for. Five caravels at once returned to Portugal after trying to explore the inlet of the sea at Sea Blanco, but they only went up in their boats five leagues, and then turned back. One stayed in the Bay of Orgeen to traffic in slaves, and lost one of the most valuable captives by sheer carelessness. A woman, badly guarded, slipped out and swam ashore, but there was a braver spirit in some others of the fleet. The captain of the king's caravel, which had come from Lisbon in the service of the king's uncle, swore he would not turn back. He, Gons Pierce, would go on to the Nile, the prince had ordered him to bring him certain word of it, he would not fail him. Lankarot for himself said the same, and another, one Alvaro de Frias, kept the offers of all the rest, he would go on beyond the Negro Nile to the earthly paradise, to the farthest east, where the four sacred rivers flowed from the tree of life. Well do you all know how our Lord the infant sets great store by us, that we should make him know clearly about the land of the Negroes, and especially the river of Nile. It will not be a small burden that he will give for such service. Six caravels in all formed the main body of the Perseverance, and these coasted steadily along till they came to Dias's Cape of Palms, which they knew was near the Senegal and the land of the Negroes. And so beautiful did the land now become, and so delicious was the scent from the shore that it was as if they were by some gracious fruit garden, ordained to the sole end of their delights, and when the men in the caravel saw the first palms and towering woodland, they knew right well that they were close upon the river of Nile, which the men there called the Sanaga, for the infant had told them how little more than twenty leagues beyond the sight of those trees they would see the river, as his prisoners of the Azanagwe tribes had told him, and as they looked carefully for the signs of this, they saw at last, two leagues from land, a color of the water that was different from the rest, for that was of the color of mud, and understanding this to mean that there were shoals, they put farther out to sea for safety, when one took some of the water in his hand and put it to his mouth, and found that it was sweet, and crying out to the others, of a surety, said they, we are now at the river of Nile, for the water of the river comes with such force into the sea as to sweeten it, so they dropped their anchors in the river's mouth and they of the caravel of Vincent Diaz another brother of Dinais and Lawrence let down a boat, into which jumped eight men who pulled ashore. Here they found some ivory and elephant hide, and had a fierce battle with a huge negro whose two little naked children they carried off. But though the chronicle of the voyages stops here for several chapters of rapturous reflection on the greatness of the Nile, and the valor and spirit of the prince who had thus found a way to its western mouth, we must follow the captains as they coast slowly along to Cape Verde, for that the wind was fair for sailing, landing on a couple of uninhabited islands off the Cape. They found first of all, fresh goat skins and other things, and then the arms of the infant and the words of his motto, tall and the mean fair, carved upon trees, and they doubted, 
like Azurara when writing down his history from their lips, whether the great power of Alexander or of Caesar could have planted traces of itself so far from home, as these islands were from Sagres. For though the distance looks small enough on a full map of all the world, on the chart of it unknown it was indeed a lengthy stretch some two thousand miles, fully as great a distance as the whole range of the Mediterranean from the coast of Palestine to the Straits of Gibraltar. Now by these signs, adds the chronicler, they understood right well that other caravels had been there already and it was so, for it was the ship of John Gonzalez Zarco, captain of Madeira, which had passed this way, as they found for a fact on the day after, and wishing to a land, but finding the number of the natives to be such that they could not land by day or night, they put on shore a ball and a mirror and a paper on which was drawn a cross, and when the natives came and found them in the morning, they broke the ball and threw away the pieces, and with their assegais broke up the mirror into a little bits, and tore the paper, showing that they cared for none of these things, since this is so, said Captain Gonspears to the archers, draw your bows upon these rascals, that they may know we are people who can do them a damage, but the negroes returned the fire with arrows and assegais deadly weapons, the arrows unfeathered and without a string notch, but tipped with deadly poison of herbs, made of reed or cane or charred wood with long iron heads, and the assegais poisoned in like manner and pricked with seven or eight harpoons of iron, so that it was no easy matter to draw it out of the flesh, so they lost heart for going farther, with all the coast land up in arms against them, and turned back to Alagos, but before they left the cape they noticed in the desert island, where they had found the prince's arms, trees so large that they had never seen the like for among them was one which was 108 palms round at the foot, yet this tree, the famous baobed, was not much higher than a walnut, of its fiber they make good thread for sewing, which burns like flax, its fruit is like a gourd and its kernels like chestnuts, and so, we are told, all the captains put back along the coast, in a mind to enter the aforesaid river of Nile, but one of the caravels getting separated from the rest and not liking to enter the Senegal alone, went straight to Alagos and another put back to a water in the Bay of Orgin and the Rio Daura estuary, where there came to them at once the Moors on board the caravel, full of confidence because they had never had any dealings before with the merchants of Spain, and sold them a negro for five doubloons, and gave them meat and water from their camels, and came in and out on board the ship, so that there was great fear of treachery, but at last without any quarrel they were all put on shore under promise that next July their friends would come again and trade with them in slaves and gold to their heart's content, and so, taking in a good cargo of seal skins, they made their way straight home, meantime two of the other caravels and a pinnace, which had been separated early in the voyage from the main body, under the pilotage of the veteran Dionysius, Dias, had also made their way to Seaverd, had fought with the natives in some desperate skirmishes one night had his shield stuck as full with arrows as the porcupine with quills, and had turned back in the face of the same discouragements as the rest, and so would have ended the whole of this great enterprise but for the dauntless energy of one captain and his crew. Zarco of Madeira had given his caravel to his nephew with a special charge that, come what might, he was not to think of profit and trading, but of doing the will of the prince his lord, he was not to land in the fatal bay of Orgin, which had been the end of so many enterprises, he was to go as Dionysius had first gone straight to the land of the Negroes, and pass beyond the farthest of earlier sailors. Now the caravel, says Azurara proudly, was well equipped and was manned by a crew that was ready to bear hardship, and the captain was full of energy and zeal, 
and so they went on steadily, sailing through the great sea of ocean till they came to the river of Nile, where they filled two pipes with water, of which they took back one to the city of Lisbon, and not even Alexander, though he was one of the monarchs of the world, ever drank of water that had been brought from so far as this, but now, still going on, they passed Seaverd and landed upon the islands I have spoken of, to see if there were any people there, but they found only some tame goats without any one to tend them, and it was there that they made the signs that the others found on coming after, the arms of the infant with his device and motto, and then drawing in close to the cape, they wait to see if any canoes would come off to them, and anchored about a mile off the shore, but they had not waited long before two boats, with ten negroes in them, put off from the beach and made straight for the caravel, like men who came in peace and friendship, and being near, they began to make signs as if for a safe conduct, which were answered in like manner, and then at once, without any other precaution, five of them came on board the caravel, where the captain made them all the entertainment that he could, bidding them eat and drink, and so they went away with signs of great contentment, but it appeared after, that in their hearts they meditated treachery, for as soon as they got to a land they talked with the other natives on shore, and thinking that they could easily take the ship, with this intent there now set out six boats, with five and thirty or forty men, arrayed as those who come to fight, but when they came close they were afraid and stayed a little way off, without daring to make any attack, and seeing this, our men launched a boat on the other side of the caravel, where they could not be seen by the enemy, and manned it with eight rowers, who were to wait till the canoes came nearer to the ship, at last the negroes were tired of waiting and watching, and one of their canoes came up closer, in which were five strong warriors, and at once our boat rowed round the caravel and cut them off, and because of the great advantage that we had in our style of rowing, in a trice our men were upon them, and they having no hope of defense, threw themselves into the water, and the other boats made off for the shore, and our men had the greatest trouble in catching those that were swimming away, for they dived not a whit worse than cormorants, so that we could scarcely catch hold of them, one was taken, not very easily, on the spot, and another, who fought as desperately as two men, was wounded, and with these two the boat returned to the caravel, and for that they saw that it would not profit them to stay longer in that place, they resolved to see if they could find any new lands of which they might bring news to the infant their lord, and so, sailing on again, they came to a cape, where they saw groves of palm trees dry and without branches, which they called the Cape of Masts, here, a little farther along the coast, a reconnoitering party of seven landed and found four negro hunters sitting on the beach, armed with bows and arrows, who fled on seeing the strangers, and as they were naked and their hair cut very short, they could not catch them, and only brought away their arrows for a trophy, this cape of masts, or some point of the coast a little to the southeast, was the farthest now reached by Zarco's caravel, from here they put back and sailed direct to Madeira, and thence to the city of Lisbon, where the infant received them with reward enough, for this caravel, of all those who had sailed at this time 1445, had done most and reached farthest, there was one contingent of the great armada yet unaccounted for, but they were sad defaulters, three of the ships on the outward voyage which had separated from the main body and Lankarote's flagship, had the cowardice or laziness to give up the purpose of the voyage altogether, they agreed to make a descent on the Canary Islands instead of going to Guinea at all that year, here they stayed some time, raiding and slave hunting, but also making observations on the natives and the different natural features of the different islands, which, 
as we had them in the old chronicle, are not the least interesting part of the story of the Lagos Armada of 1445. Chapter Exidy. Voyages of 1446-8. And yet, but for the enterprise of Zarco's crew, this expedition of 1445 that began with so much promise, and on which so much time and trouble had been spent, was almost fruitless of novelties, of discoveries, of the main end and object of all the prince's voyages. The next attempt, made by Nuno Tristam in 1446, ended in the most disastrous finish that had yet befallen the Christian seamen of Spain. Nuno, who had been brought up from boyhood at the prince's court, seeing how earnest he was that his caravels should explore the land of the Negroes, and knowing how some had already passed the river of Nile, thought that if he should not do something of right good service to the infant in that land, he could in no wise gain the name of a brave knight. So he armed a caravel and began sail, not stopping anywhere that he might come straight to the black man's land, and passing by Cape Verde he sailed on sixty leagues and found a river, where he judged there ought to be some people living, so he bade them lower two small boats and put ten men in the one and twelve in the other, which pulled straight towards some huts they sighted ahead of them, but before they could jump on shore, twelve canoes came out on the other side, and seventy or eighty black mowers in them, with bows in their hands, who began to shoot at our people, as the tide rose, one of the guinea boats passed them and landed its crew, so that our men were between a fire from the land and a fire from the boats, they pulled back as hard as they could, but before they could get on board, four of them were lying dead, and so they began to make sail home again, leaving the boats in that they were not able to take charge of them, four of the twenty-two who went to a landing and there did not escape more than two, nineteen were killed, for so deadly was the poison that with a tiny wound, a mere scratch that drew blood, it could bring a man to his last end, but above and beyond these was killed our noble knight, Nuno Tristam, earnestly desiring life, that he might die not a shameful death like this, but as a brave man should, of seven who had been left in the caravel, two had been struck by the poisoned arrows as they tried to erase the anchors, and were long in danger of death, lying a good twenty days at the last gasp, without the power to raise a finger to help the others who were trying to get the caravel home, so that only five were left to work the ship. Nuno's men were saved by the energy and skill of one a mere boy, a page of the infant's house who took charge of the ship, and steered its course due north, then north by east, so that in two months' time they were off the coast of Portugal, but they were absolutely helpless and hopeless, knowing nothing of their whereabouts, for in all those two months they had had no glimpse of land so that when at last they caught sight of an arm fested, they were much troubled, supposing it to be a Moorish cruiser, when it came near and showed itself to be a Galician pirate, the poor fellows were almost wild with delight, still more when they found they were not far from Lagos, they had had a terrible time, first they were almost poisoned by the dead bodies of Nuno Tristam and the victims of the savages poisoned arrows, then, when at last they had thrown their honor to the winds and those bodies to the fishes, Shamefaced and utterly broken in spirit, the five wretchedly ignorant seamen, who were now left alone, drifted, with the boundless and terrible ocean on one side, and the still more dangerous and unknown coast of Africa on the other, for sixty days, a common sailor, little enough skilled in the art of sailing, a groom of the prince's chamber, the young hero who saved the ship, a negro boy, who was taken with the first captives from Guinea, and two other, little lads small enough, this was the crew. As for the rest, beati mortui qui in domino moriutur. Blessed are the dead that die in the Lord. 
cries the chronicler in that outburst of bewildered grief with which he ends his story. There were widows and orphans left for the prince to care for, and, of these he took a special charge, but all people were not so unlucky as Nuno Tristam. The caravel of Zarco of Madeira, which under Zarco's nephew, Alvaro Fernandez, had already passed beyond every other in the year of the Great Armada, 1445, was sent back again on its errand of doing service in the unknown lands of Guinea to the Lord Don Henry, in the Black Year, 1446. Its noble and valiant owner now charged the aforesaid Alvaro Fernandez, with the ship well armed, to go as far as he could, and to try and make some booty, that should be so new and so splendid that it would be a sign of his goodwill to serve the Lord who had made him. So they sailed on straight to Cape Verde, and beyond that to the Cape of Masts or Scandal Palms, their farthest of the year before, but they did not turn back here, in spite of unfriendly natives and unknown shores, still coasting along. They found tracks of men, and a little farther on a village, where the people came out as men who showed that they meant to defend their homes, in front of them was a champion, with a good target on his arm and in a segai in his hand, this fellow our captain rushed upon, and with a blow of his lance struck him dead upon the ground, then, running up, he seized his sword and spear, and kept them as trophies to be offered to the Lord Infant, the Negroes fled, and the conquerors turned back to their ship and sailed on. Next day they came to a land where they saw certain of the women of those Negroes, and seized one who was of age about thirty, with her child a baby of two, and another, a young girl of fourteen, the which had a good enough presence and beauty for that country, but the strength of the woman was so wonderful, that she gave the three men who held her trouble enough to lift her into the boat, and seeing how they were kept struggling on the beach, they feared that some of the people of the country might come down upon them, so one of them put the child into the boat and love of it forced the mother to go likewise, without much more pushing, thence they went on, pursues the story, till they came to a river, into which they made an entrance with a boat, and carried off a woman that they found in a house, but going up the river somewhat farther, with a mind to make some good booty, there came out upon them four or five canoes full of negroes, armed as men who would fight for their country, whose encounter our men in the boat did not wish to await in face of the advantage of the enemy and fearing above all the great peril of poisoned arrows, so they began to pull downstream as hard as they could towards the caravel, but as one of the canoes distanced the others and came up close to them, they turned upon it and in the fight one of the negroes shot a dart, that wounded the captain, Alvaro Fernandez, in the foot, but he, as he had been already warned of the poison, drew out the arrow very quickly and bathed it with acid and oil, and then anointed it well with furiac and it pleased God that he passed safely through a great trouble, though for some days he lay on the point of death, and so they got back to the caravel, but though the captain was so badly wounded, the crew did not stop in following the coast and went on all this was over quite new ground till they came to a certain sand spit, directly in front of a great bay, here they launched a boat, and rowed out to see the land they had come to, and at once there came out against them full 120 negroes, some with bows, others with shields and assegais, and when they reached the edge of the sea, they began to play and dance about, like men queen wearied of all sadness, but our men in the boat wishing to be excused from sharing in that festival of theirs, turned and rowed back to the ship, now all this was a good 110 leagues, 320 miles beyond Cape Verde, mostly to the south of the aforesaid Cape, that island about the place of Sierra Leone on our maps and this caravel remained a longer time abroad and went farther than any other ship of that year, 
and but for the sickness of the wounded captain they would not have stopped there, but as it was they came straight back to the bank of Orgeen, where they met that chief of Houdmeneng, of whom we had spoken before, in the story of John Fernandez, and though they had no interpreter, by whom they might do their business, by signs they managed so that they were able to buy a negress, in exchange for certain cloths that they had with them, and so they came safe home. There was not much trouble now in getting volunteers for the work of discovery, and a reward of 200 doubloons 100 from Prince Henry, 100 more from the Regent Don Pedro to the last bold explorers who had got fairly round Senegambia, added zest to enterprise. In the same year 1446-7, no fewer than nine caravels sailed to Guinea from Portugal in another armada, on the track of Zarco's successful crew. At Madeira they were joined by two more and the whole fleet sailed through the Canary Island group to Cape Verde, eight of them passed 60 leagues, 180 miles, beyond, and found a river, the Rio Grande, of good size enough, up which they sailed, except one ship, belonging to a bishop the Bishop of Algarve, for that this happened to run upon a sand bank, in such wise, that they were not able to get her off, though all the people on board were saved with the cargo, and while some of them were busy in this, Others landed and found the country just deserted by its inhabitants, and going on to find them, they soon perceived that they had found a track, which they had chanced on near the place where they landed, they followed this track recklessly enough, and nearly met the fate of Nuno Tristam, for as they went on by that road, they came to a country with great song fields, with plantations of cotton trees and rice plots, in a land full of hills like loaves, after which they came to a great wood, and as they were going into the wood, the guineas came out upon them in great numbers, with bows and assegais and saluted them with a shower of poisoned arrows, the first five, 